Welcome to the RG Podcast Network and the RG Business Navigate series. This podcast presents topical global business stories that affect Bermuda. Series host Shivani Seth interviews business leaders and experts in finance, insurance, reinsurance, risk, accounting, and other business services. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the RG Business Navigate series. I'm Shivani Sait and I'm your host. Today I'm very excited to welcome the top two sales and rental agents from Colville Banker Bermuda Realty here in the studio today. Adam Birch and Angela Hanwell, welcome to you both. Hi, thank you for having us. Hey Shivani, thanks. <laughs> so I think for the purposes of the podcast, I'll call it Coldwell Banker because clearly I ran out of breath already trying to say <laughs> it the first time. So let's kick off, guys. Welcome. And uh, could I perhaps begin by asking you to tell me about Coldwell Banker? What services do you offer as a company? And then I'd love it if you could tell me about your individual roles and responsibilities within the company. So maybe I'll stare right at you, Angela. Okay. <laughs> um, well, Coldwell Banker... Um, we so just just to say that we've been a part of Cobalt Banker for 25 years. We just celebrated our 25th anniversary with Cobalt Banker here in Bermuda, so that's super exciting. We're celebrating that this year. Um, so we are a full service um, real estate company. We have property management, um, sales, obviously, and rentals. Um, we do vacation rentals. Um, uh, surveying, so land surveying and appraisals. Appraisals, well, yeah. yeah. We have an appraisals department. Um, we also do commercial as well, so commercial okay. sales and rentals, and also commercial property management. Okay, thank you. And tell me about your role, Angela, within Colville Banker. So um, my role. So I've been with the company for eighteen years um, in October. Um, and initially, I started as a, um, a sales administrative assistant for one of the top uh, sales agents. Um, I was in that position for about four years, and then I had the opportunity to move over to uh, property management. So I was in property management um, as a, a residential property manager for four years, and then I um, was promoted to the head of um, the residential property management team, and I did that for three years. So a total of seven years I was in that department. Um, and then in 2016, I moved back over to sales, um, where I have um, become super comfortable in that <laughs> role. And um, I do residential uh, rentals and sales now. Okay, so yeah. you focus on the residential market. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. And Adam, how about you? Tell me about yourself. I actually got into real estate fresh out of university. So in 2004, okay. I ended up working at, uh, at Cobalt Banker, and then I got my license in 2005. And uh, we started a mentoring program with Brian Medeiros. So I was his mentee for two years and, and uh, worked alongside him, kind of learned the ropes. Uh, and then after that, I went into rentals because we just had rentals and sales at that point. So okay. I became kind of like the rentals king for a while. Right. And I think uh, five or six years ago we switched. So now I do sales and rentals at the same time. So it's, it's more 50-50. But I have been with the company for a very long time. It's been a, a good evolution process for me. <laughs> okay. And um, um, is that residential purely or commercial Yeah, I just well? do residential okay. as well. So, okay. But we do have three commercial agents okay. in-house. 
So, well, let me just take that deep dive into the residential market. It's such a constant hot topic on everybody's lips. So can you provide me with an overview of the residential market, beginning with rentals, and then we'll move over to sales? Sure thing. I can start on rentals if you want, and then Angie can uh, take it from there. Okay. Um, We've got uh, historically really low inventory right now. So in 2018, I think we are close to 500 rental properties across the island on Property Skipper. Okay. And then that number just declined rapidly. Um, in 2000, 2020, sorry, it was about 300 properties, and then we kept losing 100 a year. So I actually checked this morning, and there's 59 on Property Skipper. So. And wh- when you say losing, they obviously haven't been demolished or anything. No. Where, where have they gone? So <laughs> in, in 2020, um, the, the market picked up rapidly. A lot of people wanted office space they wanted um they wanted pools they wanted outside area for their kids okay um the sales market picked up a lot so that was starting to displace tenants so we had uh, things like digital nomads happening as well yes so it was like five or six factors all adding up that kind of started depleting depleting this uh, rental inventory uh including new people to the island and uh, uh businesses picking up here as well and expanding so with the reduction in properties, you said, what was it, circa 59 now you're looking yeah, at? Yeah, 59, down from 59. Like 500 at one point okay, in 2018. So there was an immense housing frenzy for rentals pre-summer. Um, has this actually calmed down now? You always feel like when the academic year comes, oh, so, yeah. sorry, when the academic year starts, is there a calming in the housing market? Um, there really isn't. So I used to think that our busiest months were September and January, but we crunched the numbers and it's not true. It's just across the board. There's no rhyme. Around. There's always people coming and going in Bermuda. Um, I typically, pre-2020, had 15 rental listings myself at any given point. I've got one now. And wow. I think it's gone. And so we're getting them and they're going within two days, as long as they're, okay. they're priced correctly. So. And ha- has anybody tried to remedy the situation upon the lack, you know, the lack of housing? I know the government had plans in place. Are there any big... Big so there's a lot of uh, building. Airbnbs out there. There's probably, I think, more than 100 Airbnbs right now. So the government's got uh, a couple more rules in, in terms of that and trying to guide those properties back into the, the long-term market. Okay, so that's, that's one help. strategy that they're enforcing. Um, there's not many other strategies I can think of right now. It's uh, like things like one bedrooms are always in demand ever since the beginning of time. Okay. So And a lot of those go word of mouth and families kind of rent them to, to friends, et cetera. So... Okay, well, well, let's talk about sales then, Angela. I'll come over to you. Where do you feel the demand is coming from and what is the market like at the moment? So the sales market really mimics the, the rental market um, and we are seeing uh, very historic lows in our inventory as well, like in, this, okay. in the sales uh, market as well as the rental market. Um, there are a significantly high number of uh, buyers that are looking right now, um, and with the low inventory, I mean, it it's just it puts a lot of pressure on the sales agents. Um, so when properties come online that are priced correctly, it's almost like a feeding frenzy. Right, everyone just everyone jumps on in. it, right? Um, and uh, if a property is priced correctly, um, we can put it on the market on a Monday, and by Friday we'll have multiple offers. Gosh, yeah. So. Um, that's kind of how it is right now right well I I just would have thought with the high interest rates that there would have been a reduction in sales as my assumption basic economics would be that individuals would struggle to meet the higher mortgage payments there's a lot of um, cash buyers yeah right they don't require financing is the way we say it but yeah so those are 65 percent of buyers pre-2020 and now they're like 50 percent of the buyers that do not require that financing but we find the the banks are still being a little competitive with each other so you can get okay 
semi-decent mortgage rates if you kind of shop around. I ask you which bank. Maybe we should do that today. <laughs> well, we, we work, obviously, with yeah. all of them, and um, and we have really good relationships with, with all of the banks, okay. um, at, at all of the lending institutions, and it's not just the banks. You know, some of the other larger companies um, were offering mortgage products uh, for a period of time. So when we have buyers that are interested in... Um, you know, they, they do need financing. We yes. tell them to shop around. There are so many options, even the non-traditional mortgages as well. A lot of families are helping people out. Um, and the the um, mortgage company, well, the, the banks, um, lending institutions, they're actually becoming a lot more flexible with the restrictions and working with people to help them. Okay, no. Absolutely, yeah. I just bought a house myself and we shopped around and we got pretty competitive rates. So oh, it's, really? Yeah. Well, that's actually very handy yeah, to know. Yeah, so it I doesn't necessarily mean, because I think the... Um the mindset is is that if you've been with a bank for so long, that's the the only place you can go for a okay. mortgage, and um, and that's not the case. Um, so definitely shop around. But equally good to know because it's just an off-putting market when you look at the interest rates. You think, I'm not even going to try. I'll never get accepted. So thank you for that. Yeah, you that's never know. We can point in the right direction. Know. And you talk about fair pricing, Angela. I'm going to just follow on with that a little bit. How do you go about pricing a house for sale? Is there a set standard for pricing houses in Bermuda? How does it work? So um, when we take on listings, um, there are two options that that vendors have. Um, They can get an appraisal, and we have a fabulous appraisal team. We also work with um, a lot of other appraisers on the island. Um, But as sales agents, we offer a comparative market analysis. and that is something that we offer when we have a, a sole listing agreement signed. So if you don't need um, a report that uh, is required for legal purposes, mm-hmm. then we can provide this comparative market analysis and we actually utilize the same database and the same figures as what the appraisers do. So we offer that. We take comparables. Um, over a certain time period. So we normally use like within the last year, year and a half of sales. And um, we look at how the property compares to the property that we're trying to sell, how it compares to what has sold in the past. And that gives us a really good range. Um, But ultimately, it's the vendor's decision on what they want to put it on the market at. Um, You know, we can just give them our professional advice. uh, And I mean... I think that we're pretty good in pricing Yeah, we just property. sit there with them, go through every <laughs> property we have, what's sold that compares okay. to theirs, so they can make like an evidence-based decision right. on where their house is, as opposed to just picking a number out of the sky. How is the luxury market performing? And we've, you know, we've talked about residential sales, residential rentals, but people always have an interest to know about the luxury market. Yeah, we've actually got a, a growing portfolio right now. Um, okay. We've got a, a couple, over six million right now, like in Fairylands on Trimingham Hill, uh, we listed one for 3.1 million in Southampton. It went for 3.4 million. So it just, okay. we really did our homework again on pricing, and then there ended up being a bidding war right. the first couple of days. So, yeah, the luxury uh, market's been very busy. I have one in Fairylands. I think I showed it 55 times. Oh my goodness! Yeah, oh yeah, the <laughs> yeah. demand's out there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and and with regards to the bidding wars, how do you? Is there a cap? How does it work? It just keeps going until. So we work for the vendor. So we just okay. uh, we take their instructions, but normally we expose it as much as we can. We have a a bespoke marketing plan for that property. And then we collect as many offers as we can, present them to the vendor or the seller. And then 
they either accept it or they tell us to keep counter pushing on or counter, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And, you know, the luxury market, obviously, that's open to international buyers as much as it is to local buyers. So what are you seeing at the moment? Are you seeing digital nomads, people from overseas, or more residents off Bermuda actually looking to buy those, those The one that I have properties? in Fairlands that's available to non-Bermudians, um, I, we didn't have any digital nomads. Those are more in the rental category. But, okay. uh, so the, the threshold for buying is 126000 That's the ARV. And so anything over that number of medians can purchase. So I think I think ten percent of my viewings were number medians. So okay. which is pretty good demand actually. Okay, yes. So the interest is definitely there. And we've noticed that a lot of um, BOTC, so the British Territory, the um, overseas terapo- territory certificate yes. holders now um, are very active within the sales market. Okay. Um, and they can actually purchase anything. Um, but their price range is is generally in that, like, 1.5 and, and higher. So they're kind of dabbling in the luxury market as well. Okay. No, thank you. So let's talk about commercial real estate. I know you're both in, in residential, but I'm sure you can help me out here. <laughs> Could you give me an update on trends and sales um, as well as rentals that you're experiencing in this space? Uh, sure thing. So... Uh Similar to the sales and rental inventory, the commercial inventory is very limited, especially in the rentals. I think they're, they're down to um, 21. I should start this is sales. They're down to 21 listings uh, island-wide for sale, where typically that was 89 or, or 90 sales listings. Okay. Um, we're seeing a lot of new and expanding uh, international business companies here. So I think the, the demand is for type A properties from the, what the okay. commercial agents are yeah. saying. So the typically... Waterfront, brand new buildings. Yep. And are we talking about more the insurance sector or is there a particular, you well, say, international? All international or business all international across, business. The, across the board, yeah. So um, the the sweet spot um, for the commercial space is between 1,000 and 2,500 square feet. And so okay. that's there, and that's considered, so they're looking for class A as well. So fully fitted out, um, usually waterfront. Those types of properties are... Um, Closer to the west end of Hamilton, okay. like Point House so, yeah, yeah, waterfront property. Um, although 141 Front Street um, at the opposite end is also cl- considered Class A as well. So properties of that magnitude um, are they tend to be in high demand. Okay, so that that's on the commercial side, but also on the commercial side, I suppose when I walk around town, I still do see a lot of empty. Retail space, for example, I, I appreciate office space. It's good to hear that there are more companies clearly coming to the island, and that's fantastic news for us. But in terms of the retail, there still seems to be a fair few empty, yeah, empty yeah. nests. There are a few. I think post twenty twenty, there was a, an empty out of retail, but uh, and um, I guess they're still s- slowly trying to to get them back up and running. Um, but I have, you know, w- with us speaking with the commercial team, um, and we've got three great agents. They keep us informed, but they said that, um, you know, landlords are working with people um, with uh, giving them breaks on the rent for a few months and um, helping to fit things out, giving them a break on their rent while they're fitting things out. So um, it's it they're they're starting to work with people in hopes to get, you know, occupancy within those in those empty spaces. Okay, no, that sounds great. Sounds like Bermuda's filling up quite nicely post-COVID. Yeah, it's, it's been We're very We're getting busy, back actually. to normal, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> slowly but surely. So one of the unique offerings when I was researching about Coldwell Banker is the services, or aftercare as I call it, that you offer to sellers. Could you perhaps tell me a little bit more about this? Sure. Well, I'll jump in because 
I did that. <laughs> <Your expertise. laughs> so um, aftercare, um, meaning kind of like the property management yes. side of things. So we have a really good property management department um, and a, a good product. Um, it's, it's uh, well, technically, you know, we, we look at property management, um, people that uh, are living overseas that have properties on the island that are not here to take care of it. But a lot of our landlords um, elderly landlords and landlords that buy investment properties and just don't want to deal with the tenant, the day-to-day, okay. um, they utilize this service. And um, so we charge a, a percentage of the rent. I was about um, to ask, could you share that with us? What yeah. is the percentage so you the charge? So the percentage um, is 7.5%, and that's a standard actually gone up to 10.5% oh, now, oh, yeah. As oh, of like well, two thank ago, you. <laughs> Which is competitive with the rest of it. <laughs> yeah. So, so there's a percentage taken on the monthly rent of the um, the apartment. And that uh, the services entail um, us coming out and doing um, inspections twice a year. Okay. And then we provide a uh, an inspection report to both the landlord and the tenant. So if there's anything that the tenant needs to do, mm-hmm. um, you know, we advise them to, to get it done if it's a tenant obligation. Um, also, on the flip side, if uh, there is maintenance requirements by the landlord, we advise them. And um, then on the maintenance side, we also take care of maintenance. So um, we'll get quotes from the um, maintenance companies that we use, plumbers, electricians, general maintenance people, um, and we'll give them to the landlord for approval, and then we go ahead and actually facilitate the the work that's done, Um, as well as collecting rents. Uh, So we do that. Um, It's got the the tenant portal as well. They can log in. So with our particular product, um, we have a tenant portal and a landlord portal, so any maintenance requests, they can come through the portal. We have a 24-hour hotline that tenants can call anytime, 24-7, and um, and they can submit their um, maintenance issues, and then we can go ahead and get them sorted. Okay. Well, actually, you've jogged my memory there. One question I did want to ask was, are people buying properties to live in themselves as in owner occupied or are you finding that people are also buying to buy to rent i think it's both. it's a bit of both yeah, right single now. family homes definitely people are buying them to live in themselves and okay. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of the condos i've sold are more for investment property um, yeah, purposes sorry like the condos in the city atlantis okay. or six they're buying those as investments because they're always in demand they're in pretty good condition as well so okay yeah good to see I, I also just wanted to go back to um to the sales part of it and and speaking of investments so um, there was a time when uh, first-time buyers um, were limited to the properties that they could purchase um, and they weren't allowed to purchase property for investment Um, if they were going to purchase a property it would have to be so um, they could purchase any property, obviously, okay. but they would have to, if, if they wanted the stamp duty exemption, yes. they would have to uh, purchase it and live in it for a three-year period. Um, and then they could rent it out. But now with the new amendments to the Act, they can purchase any property and they can rent it out. So that's something good to note, especially for first-time buyers okay. for sales. But then they're not exempt from the stamp duty. They are. So Still. that has actually, actually come up now. So before, um, if you purchased a property at 750000 or less, you were eligible for a stamp duty exemption. Okay. And they would have to come out to the government, have to come out to the property and inspect it. And then you would 
pay the stamp duty initially, and then over a, a two, three-year period, then you would get it back, and that's getting it back from the, the vendor side and the, the um, buyer. Okay. So both parties are exempted from right. it if it's a first-time buyer under 750 But now that's changed, so they can actually purchase any property at any price point, and up to a million dollars, they are now exempt. So. Okay. So you don't have to you pay it now, do you? No, and you don't have to pay it. It's actually an application and an application fee process. So there's no eligibility. It's just you fill out the application, you pay the fee, and then you don't have to pay your stamp duty up to a million dollars. Because you just okay. have to pay it and the government hold on to it and you get yes. it back later, but now they've completely yeah. so that's, that's exempted you. I wanted to bring that up, especially for first-time no, homeowners. Yeah, it's very that's interesting. Yeah. Thank you. That is a big point. Yeah. So I'm going to pivot to stats now. Everyone loves to know about statistics. You mentioned earlier when I talked about how do you price a house for sale that you look at stats from about 18 months ago and try to compare them. But what data is actually available when it comes to properties bought and sold? I suppose my question is, will we in Bermuda ever have a type of Zoopla in existence here? I mean, getting property skipper was one big leap for Bermuda. Yes, um, right now, we don't have anything like that. We do track all government um, stats right now. Okay. Uh, it's always a bit behind, like three to six months at the moment. So we try and use real-time data as much as possible. Uh, we do have a large market share, though. And uh, we also, with our appraisal department, they do a lot of appraisals across the island. So we kind of cross-reference with them when it comes to looking at numbers and properties that have sold. So anytime I price a property, I'll run it by one of our appraisers just to get kind okay. of a, a neutral point of view. And would you have a database, like an actual property we database? We have a very active database. Yep. And, okay. and like Adam said, we do hold quite a large market share yes. with, this, with the sales. So whatever we're selling, that goes straight into our database. And we've got real-time data. Um, the Land Title Registry Office is slightly delayed. So we're getting figures from them. But it's, you know, like Adam said, I think it's like a three- to six-month delay. Um, okay. But... We, because we are selling a lot of what is on the market, we do have that data. Plus, we also have really good relationship with a lot of other um, real estate agencies on the island. So, you know, we all work very closely. So we can call them and and ask for comparables as well. We're in the business of sharing information. So everyone everyone calls uh, each other and shares. That that was actually my next question (laughs) was how do you work with the other agents? So would you share your database with another agent's database? Not the whole database, but if someone calls me like, hey, Adam, you sold this property last week. Um, What did it go for? Because it's it's common knowledge at that point. I'd definitely share it with them because then I'd probably call them the next week asking for information on another property. Um, Would it not be fruitful for all the agents to come together and, and produce some sort of uniform or one one holistic database <laughs> that would be uh, it, nice it, it would be actually it would <laughs> make our, our life easier <laughs> but i mean we're always willing to share information so it's just getting everyone on board okay and uh and yeah i feel who like contributes we, what well yeah i feel like we we all have a very good relationship with one another um and so Post, well, pre-COVID, I mean, we were all in the office, and so we were working with so many different agents that when we were sitting at our desks, we would be like, hey, has anyone shown this property? Oh, yeah, we showed that one, and oh, that one sold for this. And so we were getting a lot of information when we were in the office just listening to people. But now post-COVID, we're not all in the office anymore, so we really have to rely on the database. But the bonus is we have a new database that's launched, and it's a mobile app as well, so I can be on my phone and then just look through current properties and trends so it, we can all share information. But that's only privy to yourselves. Yes. Correct. Okay. But we're, but we're nice enough. We, we will share. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering if I could download that app later <laughs> this evening. 
Um, okay, so Goldwell Banker has a very large offering, not just in Bermuda, but globally as well. So, you know, could you tell me more about your international offering? How does it work? All, sure. all I know about is as you yourselves here in Bermuda, but I'd love to know your international footprint. Sure. We've actually been with Coal Banker for 25 years, so it's our 25th year anniversary yes. this year, which is great. Um, it's very international. We've got links right now, I think, with uh, the Azores and Manchester. Well, um, the Manchester one actually isn't a Coal Banker link. Oh, it's not? No, but we, but we still work very closely. We've got connections in, in the UK and Manchester, so we've okay. been doing some side work with them. Um, but we've got... Um, we have the Cobalt Banker in the Azores, which we've partnered with. I actually had my first um, referral with them last year. Okay. Um, and so we're really trying to push that, especially with the Portuguese community um, in Bermuda. And so, and I've actually had quite a lot of um, people reach out to me that were looking for properties in the Azores. So I was able to give them our connection out there. But we've the Coal Banker is worldwide. Um, okay. We, I think Adam mentioned earlier that we um, have just come back from Atlanta. Uh, for a, a Gen Blue conference, which is uh, an international conference that uh, Cobalt Banker holds every year. And so it gives us the opportunity to um, go into network with all of those other agents. Um, in the United States, they have a, a huge following for Cobalt Banker, but we also have an island affiliates um, following as well. Okay. So a lot of the Caribbean islands have their own Cobalt Banker, and so we, we're quite closely connected with them. Yeah, we actually developed our database with a couple of other island companies as well because they're kind of different from the states. So we've okay. got the larger umbrella Cobalt Banker and then that smaller island affiliate. So and there's 200,000 Cobalt Banker agents worldwide and then... Right. And I, and I know that you have the monthly newsletters, which is how I'm always looking at, oh, you're talking about properties in the Azores. It's not just Bermuda focused. Yeah, because it's all relevant to us. So, yeah. And then we go to these conferences kind of to share ideas and share new te technology as well. So, OK. No, thank you very much. So I suppose my final question, do you have a... A glass ball. <laughs> can you, <laughs> can you see ball the crystal ball, rather? Getting grabbed so in the grocery store. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this, but 2023 is really drawing to a close. Here we are in November. What do you feel will be the outlook for 2024 for the Bermuda real estate industry? I feel like with inventory levels being so low and such high demand right now, I don't see anything changing at least in the next six months. How do you feel? I feel the exact same way. And that's across the board, yeah. commercial, uh, rental and sales. Um, I just see it. We're, we're hoping that more inventory comes on the market. And, and usually the trends are um, not a whole lot of inventory. We'll st we, we probably won't see a whole lot of inventory start coming on now as we approach Christmas. Yes. Um, but come January, we, we hope to see uh, a little bit more inventory coming on and, and then we'll be able to sell. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I'm getting the message here is uh, if you see it and you like it, grab it. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And yeah. that's for <laughs> sales and rentals. Um, but mainly, it, yeah, sorry. I was just going to say because if it's priced right, um, which we – do because we have an amazing database and we know what we're talking the about we experts. live this <laughs> on a daily basis okay so if it's priced right it will rent within a few days and it will will get multiple offers within a week if if the price is right especially if you're buying do your homework go speak to the bank first get pre-approved so yes. that when the right property does come up you can jump on it and so you're not losing okay. out so that's paramount okay 
Well, thank you both very much for coming on. I'd like to thank my guests, Adam Birch and Angela Hanwell, for coming in today to talk to me. I'm Shivani Sait, and I've been your host. You've been listening to the RG Podcast Network and the RG Business Navigate series with host Shivani Seth. Check the Royal Gazette for the next episode. Thank you for listening.